Amen. Amen. He's awesome. If you weren't in the morning class, we uh, video recorded the message on the, the irresistible woman, which basically we talked about Roman Catholicism and its founder, Simon, Simon Magus of Acts chapter 8. And so uh, if you would be interested in that, you can get that on DVD. It's about two and a half hours of teaching. Amen. Well, it's good to see everybody here in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Tonight, I'm just hungry for Him. I'm hungry for Him. And I know you are. Amen. First epistle of John, second chapter. We're going to deal with the love of God again tonight. We talked about His awesome love last Wednesday. Of chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed is a foreign love. His love. And went to the prophet Hosea to show you that kind of love. <laughs> chapter 2 tonight. The title of the message is, Do You Love Me? And this is the Lord asking you the question. Do you love Him? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and ask them, do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him, brother? Do you love him, church? Do you love him? The kind of love he has for us is a foreign love. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. And then Romans 5, 5, that love is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Or it's literally niagara like a Niagara fall upon us. Just like tonight, he just poured out his love like a Niagara, demonstrated by the work of the cross. You see, when you look at this and you talk about the love of God, he said, I love you. How did he show you, or how did he say he loved you? By showing you on the cross by a work. You know, it's, it's one thing for God to have stayed up in heaven and said, shout down here to all us lost people. Shout down to us, I love you. And then done nothing to save us. So that's not true love. That's the kind of love that Christianity has got into today. It's a love where it's a feeling, there's no action in it. But the biblical kind of love is an action thing more than a feeling thing. It's a covenant thing. We're going to talk about that tonight some more because the question is, do you love him? First John chapter 2. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Hereby... We do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. So a person can say one thing, but if they don't obey His word and keep His commandments, then they're liars. 
verse 5 but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected hereby know we that we are in him how by keeping his commandments and keeping his word that shows us that the love of God is perfected the love of God he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walks Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your awesome word tonight and your awesome church and your precious people that are here tonight, Father. I pray that you'll speak to all of our hearts, encourage the discouraged, strengthen the weak. convict those Lord that need to be convicted in Jesus name you may be seated and as you as you're seated turn to John please John 14 and verse 15 John 14 15 while you're turning there we're going to run through these word this word hesed 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 is the Old Testament Hebrew word for the love of God. Hesed. Hesed. Many times you read through the Bible, it's not always the word love in the English. It's sometimes translated mercy, sometimes kindness, sometimes loving kindness, sometimes goodness, sometimes favor, sometimes good, sometimes goodliness, once pity, once reproach, once a wicked thing, goodness, kindness, faithfulness. So there's a lot of words when you talk about hesed love, the love of God, that we need to look at in the Bible to understand what kind of love we're talking about because it's foreign to us. But it's shed abroad in us by the Holy Ghost. It is a covenant word, hesed, loving kindness is a covenant word. So when you talk about the love of God, you're talking about covenant love. You're talking about the kind of love that causes you to align yourself with God. It's not so much a feeling as it is an action. See, a lot of people walk around in Christianity today and they say, I love God. And what they mean by saying I love God is I have a good feeling towards God. Amen. But just because you have a good feeling towards God doesn't mean you know God. And just because you acknowledge that He loves mankind doesn't mean you're walking in that love that He has for mankind. Because love in the Bible is covenant. It is married love. It's the kind of love that you say, I will make you my husband God and it's not really feeling because sometimes your feelings are low and sometimes they're high so the love we're talking about here do you love him is a love that's loyal a love that's obedient a love that chooses him and aligns itself with him and his purpose do you understand it is obedient love that keeps his commandments 
it is not this charismatic kind of love that is linked to bell worship we talked about how Israel went a whoring after other what but what does the Bible also call them lovers they went whoring after other lovers so they got in love relationships with false gods and the false gods primarily Baal with me here had prostitution with it and with the prostitution venereal disease Baal worship the kind of love that's found in Baal worship is a love that gives a license for sin most churches and most Christians today walk in a the same kind of thing that Israel did in the Old Testament they played the harlot and went after other love they went after other lovers the church has gone after other lovers it's mixed up it's confused it is not based in the Word of God it's not based in keeping and obeying his word and obeying his commandments it's based on do what you want how you want to do it when you want to do it don't care what God thinks and we as a church have got to get this out of us this spirit this spirit that condones everything that is immoral and sinful and say it's okay as long as they can just be saved friend you can't be saved disobeying God's word you can't be saved without keeping his commandments you cannot be saved without obedience to him I don't care how you define that love because the kind of love that Israel got caught up in was Baal worship are you with me and Baal worship there were no commandments in, look everybody up here at me right now. The enemy's trying to distract you. Bell worship, when they went whoring after many lovers, bell worship had no Ten Commandments. Bell worship had no holiness. Bell worship doesn't preach holiness. If you want to know if you're going to the right church or not, if that church doesn't pre preach the word, the commandments of God, and obedience to that word, and if that church does not preach holiness, then what has happened is that church has allowed bell worship to be mixed with the Christianity. And that is dangerous because that's not biblical love. It's humanism. It's philosophical. It's man-made love. It's Baal worship love. And when you get in that, then you have all manner of lawlessness and all manner of unholiness. And you cast aside restraint. And that's not God. So anybody, I don't care if it's family, friend, or foe, that stands up and preaches you, you don't have to worry about holiness. You don't have to obey his word. Just trust in the love of God. You are hearing a false prophet, a false prophetess, a false teacher. 
but God's going to have a church in the last days who are going to walk in holiness and they're going to follow after his word and the primary reason this people will do that is because they are loved so much and when you are loved by this awesome God of love then you will become a lover when you are favored he said when you are favored by God then you go around showing favor Woo, hallelujah Woo, yes amen this is what Jesus said in John 14 verse 15 if you love me if you love me walk around and just say I love the Lord if you love me just walk around and say I love the Lord if you, if you love me just walk around and say he, Jesus loves me no that's not what he said 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. The way we prove our love for God and the way we walk in love, this awesome love of God, is by keeping His commandments. If you're not keeping His commandments and obeying His word and are loyal and are faithful to Him, then you are not walking in the love of God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. This is what the Word says. This is what Jesus said. I don't preach to you a bell love system. I preach to you a biblical love. In fact, the God of the Old Testament, when He gave the Ten Commandments, He gave the Ten Commandments after He married Israel. He brought them out of Egypt. He went and allured them and wooed them out of Egypt. He dated them for a little while until he got them to Mount Sinai. And when he got into Mount Sinai, he married them. After he married them, he gave them the Ten Commandments of how to walk in love with him and how to walk in love with each other. The Ten Commandments are love commandments. After they left Mount Sinai, having been married to him, he also gave them Deuteronomy 28 blessings. He gave them wedding presents. Are you here? He went from Mount Sinai and went on a honeymoon in the wilderness. Then he crossed over into the promised land and continued the love affair. But when he got in the promised land, Israel did not repay him with the same love that he showed them. And they departed from him and did not keep his commandments. Give God praise. So in the New Testament, New Testament, same thing. If you love me, keep my commandments don't walk around in some kind of deception and some kind of fog that Jesus loves me and you can live an unholy life and not keep his word and not obey him you are lost my friend and you must repent and if you repent this awesome God of love he will return to you but you've got to get your understanding correct about the love of God there's gonna be a lot of people who are going to be in hell? Who are going to be saying, well, Jesus loved me. 
Yeah, he loved them, but they went to hell. We are not saved. Listen to me. We are not saved by the love of God. We're saved by the Word of God. Don't ever forget that. We are saved by the Word of God. His love. His love motivated him to go to the cross. His love brought action. And that's redemption. But his love doesn't save you. Because there's people in hell tonight that claim that Jesus loved them. His word saves us. And obedience to that word saves us. John 15. Let's look at this. Now I'm not mad at you. I'm just preaching the word of God. Fifteen ten. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Which means if you don't keep his commandments, you're not in his love. In order to be in his love, you've got to be walking in his commandments. You've got to be keeping his commandments. That's what he said. Amen. Are you with me? If you keep my commandments... You shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. Go to 1 John again, chapter 5. Hallelujah. How many of y'all want to walk in the love of God now? <laughs> Woo! Ooh, yeah, hallelujah. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, well, some people say, but pastor, I see different people. They don't live holy, and uh, they prophesy, and they speak in tongues, and miracles take place there. Friend, what you need to understand is that Israel walked with God. They walked away from God, and still God kept dealing with them. Are you with me right now? That doesn't mean God's condoning it. It doesn't mean He's condoning unholiness. It doesn't mean He's condoning disobedience. 1 John 5, watch this. Are you hearing me now? Mm -hmm. 5, 1 John 5, let me give you the verse 2. By this we know that we love, that we love him. Look at your neighbor and say, do you love him? By this we know that we love the children of God. Not only do, does it show we love him, but it shows that we love each other. Now how does that happen? By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. Which when it means when I'm walking I say, oh it's so hard to live for God then you better check out your relationship. Because His commandments are not grievous. When you walk in relationship and love with God, His commandments are a joy to obey. So if you find yourself saying, it's just too hard to live for God, it's just too hard to live holy, it's too hard to obey His Word, the problem is, relationship 
relationship. Because you get the relationship right, and it won't be grievous. It'll be a, a joy to serve Him, a joy to keep His commandments. Amen? Yeah. It's a marriage thing. I said, I will, I do to, to, G, to God. And because then I, I stay faithful to Him. When I got married to my wife, if I stood up there and took the vows, and then as soon as I took the vows, was unfaithful to her, and did whatever thing I wanted to do, just went and did my own thing and lived like I was single again, and then walked through the door and say, I love you, she would say, shut up, stupid. But I love you. No, you don't. Because you demonstrate and prove your love by action. If you love him, keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. We just walk around and say, oh, I just enjoy serving the Lord. I enjoy obeying his word. I yeah. So some of us need to get rid of some of this little charismatic stuff that we have picked up along the way. This sentimental, condoning, cover-up sin all the time. Watch. When I look at a believer who sins against God, I am never told by God to cover it up. I am told by God that we have an advocate to the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. Which means this. I pray for my brother and my sister who has fallen. How do I pray for them? Not God, please overlook their sin. God put conviction in their life. God, that you would convict them. God, that you would deal with their life so that they would repent and so they can be in a relationship with you and the same Savior that died for my sin on that cross died for my brother and died for my sister. And they need the convicting power of God. They need the blindness to be lifted off their eyes. Are y'all hearing the word? Let's go to the book of Hosea. And last week, if you weren't here, you need that message. It will bless your life. It just shows you this love of God that just won't let go. But we're talking about how to walk in that love. Hosea chapter 6. If you're there, say amen. Hallelujah. He's awesome. He's a good God. Hosea 6. Yeah. We know Hosea, the Bible said the word of God was in him. He was God's attorney. He represented God to the people. He walked before the people and he said, this is where you have forsaken God. This is where you've turned away from God. Repent of that sin. Now watch, Hosea 6. Are you there? Y'all come to have church? Oh, yes. 6-1. Israel had played the harlot, gone after many lovers. And so they start talking to each other. They said, come. Let us return unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
for he hath torn he did what you mean a loving God tore him up oh you're not hearing me you know what? I wouldn't have to preach like this so much if the world, if the church world hasn't gone this the way of old Israel. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for he had torn. Has God ever tore some of you apart? I've been there. I've been there. God tore me apart, man. Ooh, it's no fun. For he had torn, and he will heal us. He'll tear you up, but then he'll turn around and heal you. <laughs> Whole time you're walking around saying, get me behind me, Satan. <laughs> you're rebuking God. Because Satan's not doing it. God's tearing you up. So you'll return, get right with him, then he can heal you. He'll heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After two days, will he revive us? In the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. Now watch. Then shall we know. Say no. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. The word know there is intimacy. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Verse 4. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness has said, Love is as the morning cloud, and as the early dew it goeth away. It's awesome. God is showing us a, a, a love that is passionate. A love that is a, a love that's an action love. Go to Hosea 11 and verse 8. And let's, let's feel the heart of the Lord. 11 and 8. He then says, he first asks, well, what, what, what can I do with you? What shall I do with you? And then he says in chapter 11, verse 8, how shall I give thee up? Ephraim, how shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zeb Zeboim? My heart is turned within me. Literally the word turn literally means my heart's in turmoil. My heart is turned upside down. It's a word that speaks of passion. Are you hearing me tonight? It is a, a word that speaks of anger. Protective love. The kind of love that God has for us is what will I do with you? How can I give you up? It's a passionate, angry kind of love. Angry against the sin that destroys you. 
When you talk about Hesed love, you're talking about, when you talk about Bible love, you are talking about woman love, or literally the word Hesed is connected to the womb. The womb of a mother. It's the kind of love that won't let go. It's the kind of love that says, I won't let go of them if it kills me. If I've got to lay down for my, my life for my children. I, how can I give up on my children? My heart aches for them. My heart is in pain. It's turning over. It's in turmoil. It's that kind of love. It's a protective kind of love. It's a jealous kind of love. He won't share you. I said he won't share you with somebody else. And so he requires you to be faithful to him. To align yourself. To say I am in covenant with you. It's the kind of love that's a protective love. You get around some, like a bear that has just had, you call them whelps. Is that what you call them? Cubs. You get around a bear that had just had cubs. You get within 20 feet of them. And that mama bear will rip you apart. That's the kind of love that God has. You just try to hurt somebody that God's in love with. You try to hurt somebody that God is connected to like a woman loves their children. And I guarantee you, God gets angry. It's a protective kind of love. It is not this kind of stuff that people are promoting in the church today. It is a wrath. It's an angry. It's a fiery, protective kind of love that God demonstrates. It's a mama kind of love. The word hesed is also connected to bend the neck. Which means it's a submissive kind of love. We need to hear this message tonight. It's the kind of love that was demonstrated to me one time when I went outside after a huge hailstorm had come through the city of Odessa. I mean, hell, I had never seen so much hell in my front yard. Wind blowing, raining, and hell all over the place. I remember just before that storm, going and finding in our uh, morning glory vines a nest of birds. Little baby birds. Little eggs, okay? You with me? At the time that I first saw them, they were just eggs. Then they hatched out in the springtime. And you know how it is in springtime, turbulent weather, storms, and, and all kinds of bad, bad weather. They hatched out. The hell came, the storm came. And I went over there just to look and see what happened to those little birds. And when I got there, I saw the mama bird on top of those little birds, and she was dead. Because she loved those little birds so much, she said, I would rather die than they die. I would rather protect them than to live myself. I had to lift that, that, that dead mama off the top of those little birds. And when I did, underneath those little birds were still alive. 
That's the kind of love that we're talking about. It's a protective kind of love. It's a love that'll lay down its life. Which means this, that if you walk in this kind of love, and you're in this kind of covenant, and you're walking in alignment with God, if it means your very life to keep it, you're willing to lay down your life to keep this love. You'll do anything to protect it. You'll fight. You can't just let anybody tell you how to live for the Lord, you know, that's not biblical, it's not holy, and not right. If you really love Jesus, somebody tries to touch that in your life, you say, no, 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 that's not right. That's part of my covenant. That's part of my consecration. That's part of my obedience. That's the proof of my love. You can't have that. So if you're walking in that, the kind of love the Bible talks about, it's the kind of love that gets righteous and indignant. It's protective. It'll fight for the relationship. You can't come in here. Come in between this relationship. You can't do it. You're going to have a fight on your hands. You come in here between. You try to get in here between me and my God, you're going to have a fight on your hands. You try to bring false doctrine to me, you're going to have a fight on your hands. You try to tell me I don't need to be holy, you're going to have a fight on your hands. Because this is a protective love. This is a love that, see, the love I'm talking about, this, this angry protective kind of love, is a love that is passionate and compassionate. Jesus started his ministry by cleansing the temple. He ended his ministry by cleansing the temple. He started angry. He finished angry. And all the way through it, he was angry. But at the same time, that anger promoted and produced passion and compassion for people. If you walk around, you've got this little passive love going on. That doesn't fight to be faithful. Doesn't fight to be loyal. Doesn't fight to be dedicated. Every day of your life, it's a struggle. But the Bible said, the wicked one catcheth them not. Which means when they walk real close to God in love, they don't let him come between them and their God. It's a struggle. But because of the relationship with God, nothing can overcome that relationship. And that's the kind of love that's demonstrated here. From God to them. And from God to us, the problem is, they didn't return that same kind of love back to Him. Nor do we. So instead of let me talking about Israel, and let me talking about the churches outside these four doors, or these four walls, let's talk to us. We have not returned to Him the same kind of love that He's poured out on us. Do you get righteously indignant against sin? Do you get righteously indignant when you see your loved ones going to hell because of sin that they condone? Do you condone that sin or do you stand up and say, come on, you've got to hear the word of God. God's awesome. And so he asked the question. He said, what am I going to do with you? And then he said, how can I give you up? And we'll find out why. Why? Because it's a protective love. 
Are y'all awake? Now, I know for some of y'all, this is just blowing your mind. Because you've never heard anybody preach love like this. The way you've heard people preach love is this little ooshy-gooshy, you know, limp-wristed. It's a homosexual kind of love. It's an immoral kind of love. It's an illegitimate kind of love. It's an irresponsible kind of love. It is not a biblical holy kind of love. That's why you have a problem with this message. But you see, I'm called by God to declare the Word of God unto you. I don't care how you've been told it. I don't care what you think about it. This is what God says about it. We can't go through life and put everything and everybody in front of God and say, I love you, Jesus. The only time I know I'm really walking in love with God is He comes to me and asks, asks me for something that is the most valuable thing I have. And if I can say yes to Him, I'll give it to you right now if you want it. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the cheap kind of love that people try to promote today. That lets everything, lets their, well, I just don't feel like going to church tonight because I'm tired. Are you, are you funny? You sound like a woman that's cold. Uh, yeah. Your husband reaches over there to touch you and say, Honey, I'd like to, you know, spend a little intimate time with you. I'm not tonight because I'm tired. Are you funny? It's a covenant. It's not because you feel like it. Not because you feel like it. It's because you've aligned yourself and you said, I do to that man. Wake up. God took Chaitalabahoko. It's something you got to fight for. You can't be getting a divorce every week. You got to fight for your marriage. You got to fight for your walk. You got to fight for your covenant. You got to fight to keep the relationship hot and not cold. The other night, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to call a man on the other side of the country. I want you to call him. And I want you to just call him and tell him that you love him. Just call him and let him know that you're thinking about him. Before I knew it, the Spirit of God came on me. And I started speaking to that man, the Word of God concerning his marriage. Are you with me right now? And I explained to him covenant love under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. To make a long story short, I believe that the, after, after I got to talking to him, he read me a long list on the divorce decree. This is why I'm going to divorce her. He's a man of God. He's a preacher. He said, this, listen, listen, Jerry. He said, this is why I'm going to divorce her. And he lists one thing, one handicap she had after another, one problem after another, one problem after another. And I heard God speak to me as he's reading the law to me. This right here. Somebody's going to have to die. Somebody's going to have to go to the cross. And that's you, sir. You're going to have to die to keep that marriage together. 
And when he got through reading it all to me, I said, I don't hear anything but God's word. And his word says, you're going to have to die on a cross. You're going to have to lay down your life for her. And you're going to have to take that divorce that you filed and tear it up and let her file it if she wants to file it. But you can't be the one that does it. And I, at the end, God gave me a word of wisdom. He said, you don't abort a young child because it's handicapped. Nor should you divorce because there's problems with the marriage. You've got to nurture the baby. You've got to fight for it. And if he receives the word of God, his marriage will be saved. Now, I don't know about you, but my God's talking tonight. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And I know we might not want to hear what he's got to say, but we need to hear what he's got to say. And you need to learn to fight for your relationship. Fight the devil if you got to fight the devil. Fight obstacles if you got to fight obstacles. Whatever you got to fight, you got to overcome. You've got to get like a mama bear with the young concerning your relationship with God. You've got to get a line like with whelps concerning your relationship with God. You've got to fight for it. It's not based on my feeling. Well, Pastor, I just don't have feeling anymore. I just don't feel like praying. Don't feel like going to church. Don't feel like serving God. Don't feel like bringing my tithe. Don't feel like... Friend... <laughs> It's not about feeling. It's about covenant. It's about a covenant commitment. I live holy because I'm his bride. I live holy and I'll fight for holiness. Because if it's valuable to him, that's all that matters to me. It doesn't matter if I understand it or not. If it's valuable to him, it's valuable to me. I know it's a Wednesday night, but the Lord is in this house. He don't want cold love. He wants red, hot love. He wants some praisers. He wants some worshipers. He don't want to come into a cold bedroom tonight. I don't care how beautiful she is. If she's cold, she's cold. You don't have nothing to do with her if she's cold. I don't care how pretty you might look outwardly, but if your love is cold, he's not really too interested in you. And I go through the Song of Solomon and prove it to you. <laughs> You don't want me to get there, do you? When you really get intimate, it's going to be sweaty, honey. When you really get intimate, it's going to, yeah. It's going to be hot and it's going to be heavy. It is not this cold stuff that we offer unto him. 
And this was what he was getting back from Israel. Cold love. Cold, cold, cold. 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 Don't you understand my love for you, saith God, that it is red hot, that I hold nothing back, that I've given you everything because of my love for you. I'm willing to lay down my life and have a, go through a violent death. Uh, I, I'm, I'm your pastor and I'm preaching to you tonight. My sons are not supposed to preach like this to you. But nor am I supposed to preach just like they preach. I don't come to you as a son. I come to you as a father. I come to you as somebody. To the church of Ephesus. He said, you've lost your first love. It wasn't just to Israel. It's to the church. He said, you've lost your first love. When you go to church, it's ho-hum. It's a ho-hum attitude. Ho-hum. You've lost your first love. It's not on fire anymore. Watch. God says to Ephraim, verse 4, turn, look at that please. Ephraim in the Bible is the ten tribes of Israel, but it's also the church. When you read about Ephraim, you're reading about a fallen church in the New Testament. You're reading about Ephesus. He says this. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? Awesome God. For your goodness, your love, is as a morning cloud, and as early dew it goeth away. It's a temporary thing. It's temporary. Look to your neighbor say, do you love him? <laughs> it's a temporary thing. It's here one day, it's gone the next. One day. <laughs> Here on Wednesday night, gone Thursday morning. Like the dew. No longevity to it. Short-term love. And the ones, the few, oh Lord, the few that were returning back to him, nothing more than hollow. You know how I know that? Because the ones that were saying, come, let us return unto him. He hath torn us. He will heal us. He has smitten us. He will bind us up. Those very ones who were saying, let's get back in a right relationship with God. 
are the same ones he's talking to right here. He said, what, what am I going to do with you? I don't know what else to do with you. He said, because your love is like the morning. It's hollow. It's not for real. It's only temporary. There's no longevity to it. You say, let us return. You say, let us have revival. But it's empty. It's hollow. It's like the dew of the morning. It's here and then it's gone. Are you hearing the word of God tonight? Go to chapter 7. Yes. Chapter 7 and verse 9. When God comes in judgment, you have to understand that Isaiah 28 says it's his strange work. It's strange for God to pour out wrath. Because he's a God of love. It's strange. Please never say, do you love him? We're talking about man to God now. Not just God to man. We're talking about man to God. Man to God love is obedient love. It's loyal love. It's a love that says no to sin. Watch. Before we get to chapter 7, let's go to chapter 4. Back up, please. Thank you. I love you. 4.12. He said, my people ask counsel at their stocks. <laughs> And their staff declareth unto them. For the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err. When they played the heart and went away from God, they entered into relationships with demons. The spirit of whoredom was operating in them. You have to be delivered from the spirit of whoredoms. It'll get a hold of you and try to drag you away from the kind of love that God requires us to walk in. It's a spirit that gets a hold of you. And when God's spirit identifies it in your life, if you're not careful, you'll run from the preacher, you'll run from the church, you'll run from God before you get delivered from the spirit of whoredoms. And you'll go off and you'll put on a camouflage, you'll put on a cover, you'll put on a counterfeit and act like everything's okay. Your hair is gray, but you don't know it. Your hair is gray, but you don't know it. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about in just a minute. Spirit of whoredoms got a hold of them. It calls them to air, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. A spirit of whoredoms. I want to tell you something tonight. I am not against people. My fight is not with people, but it is with spirits who operate in them and on them. They must be delivered or those spirits will carry them to destruction. 
And because of that spirit of whoredom that got a hold of him, there was robbery in the streets. There was murder in the streets. They didn't treat each other right because they didn't have a relationship with God right. They did not know him. By this shall we know if we go on to know him. If you don't know him, you don't treat each other right. That's why our country's full of disaster. Because it doesn't know God. And a spirit of whoredoms has got a hold of it. It's got a hold of church. If the church would repent, this country would have the blessing of God upon it. When God hits this country... Did you hear what I said? When God hits this country and tears us apart, when God smites this country, I said when God does it. It's not so much God trying to get the world's attention as he is trying to get the church's attention. He's trying to get us in red-hot love, get us into a relationship of prayer and fasting and worship unto God. Chapter 7, verse 9. Watch, watch, watch. Ooh, I feel the Lord here. I tell you why God had us do what we did in the first part of the service. When we just, we just, we just started praying for each other and worshiping God. We had to move in an atmosphere of love for this message to go forth. Because you have to get your heart ready to receive the word of God. You can't just come in here and plop down your big old self on a pew. You've got you to prepare your heart to hear from God. You've got to prepare your heart. You've got to align yourself. Get yourself ready to hear from God Almighty. I'm going to hear from God tonight. I'm not just going to church. I'm going to hear a word from God tonight. I want God to talk to me. I want him to shake me up. I don't care what time I get out. I don't care if I got to travel 40 miles to get back home. I've got to hear from God. Watch, watch. Chapter 7, verse 9. That spirit of whoredom is fill the churches of America. Verse 9. I'm not going to keep you long if that's what you're worried about. Seven. He said, now keep in mind, he said, what am I going to do with you? He said, your love's like to do. It's here one day in the morning. It's gone before, it's gone before no, noontime. It's not an abiding thing. It's not a continual thing. It's not a loyal thing. It's not a committed thing. Here's what he said. He said, strangers have devoured his strength. Where's the power of the church? Where's the strength? Where is your strength tonight? Where is it? Where is it? He says, strangers have devoured his strength. And he knoweth it not. He's walking in deception. He don't even know where he is. He don't even know where he is.
Yea, great hairs are here and there. <laughs> here and there upon him. Yet he knoweth it not. Verse 363, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Seven, nine strangers have devoured his strength, and he knoweth it not. Yea, gray hairs are here and there upon him, yet he knoweth not. And the pride of Israel testifies to his face. You know what pride is? It's when you walk around thinking and acting like you're something that you are not. Israel's walking around like this. A little bell won't hurt us. The church today walks around. A little bell won't hurt us. You know, at least we're not like all those apostates out there. A little bell won't hurt us. It's okay to observe the holidays as long as you call them Jesus. A little bell won't hurt us. Walking around in pride. All roads lead to God. Have you heard it lately? All roads lead to God. You don't have to be holy. You don't have to obey God. God loves you. A little bell won't hurt. The nerve of him. That was the word of God to utter this church at the beginning of the year. The nerve of him. When I called up Brother Mahaney on the telephone and asked him to come and be with us, when I got through hanging up the phone, I heard God say to me, the nerve of you. Because before I picked up that phone, my flesh was telling me, but God's Spirit says, Obey me, son! I've been talking to you for two months, son. Obey me. It doesn't matter what the decision is. On the other side, obey me. And so I picked it up and I did just what God told me. And when I got through, I heard God say, the nerve of you. <laughs> To believe, to believe for something big, something great, the nerve of you. God said to these people, He said, You don't even know your hair is gray. You don't know that you're in the time of life when your strength has diminished. You don't know that you are. You're not what you used to be, honey. <laughs> you don't know that not too long down the road you're going to be in the grave, Israel. You don't know that pretty soon Assyria is fixing to attack your land, ravish your women, and kill your children. You don't know your hair is gray. You walk around with a make-believe salvation. A counterfeit make-believe deal is what you're walking in. He said, but you've got gray hair. Your strength's gone. You're about to go in the grave. Assyria is fixing to attack you. 
if you don't like what I'm preaching, you don't like, like me tonight, I'll tell you what you do. You know what you do? You take that anger you got and turn it against the enemy, not against me or, or the Word. Don't use the anger against me or the Word or God. You turn that fire against the enemy that has come to take your soul into damnation and hell. You need to find out who the enemy is first and then go to war with that. Instead of sitting there saying, well, he going to beat us up again. Are you stupid? I'm preaching the word of God to you. I don't know if I want to go to church tonight because I know what we go get when we get there. <laughs> Your hair's gray and you don't even know it. Don't even know the condition of your soul. And the few, the few that are for real, the few that are for real, that are saying, let us return unto God. He's tore us up, but he'll heal us. He's smitten us, but he'll bind us up. The few that are saying, yeah, we need to get right with God. God said even to them. He said, it's hollow. You know it's true that your pride gets agitated when love confrontates you. Or let me put it in proper vernacular. When love confronts you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm surrounded by Hispanics. They say confrontate and conversate. I have never in my life heard the word conversate. But you're Hispanic, so now I'm talking like you. Conversate, confrontate. What's that? You know, you heard that? <laughs> Maybe there is. I make up words too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's where the church is. Oh, can I say it? We're powerful. God said, what? <laughs> Strangers have devoured your strength. You're so powerful, you can't even get yourself up. Much less resurrect somebody else. You, you got so much of God, you can't even open your mouth and praise Him. Much, lay hand, much, much less lay hands on the sick and see Him recover. You got so much gray hair in your head, you can't make it black again. You can't make your own hair black again. You for sure ain't going to make sister so-and-so black again. But we powerful. No, no, your hair's gray. How many of y'all love Jesus tonight? Six. Six. What shall I do then? What shall I do in thee? For your goodness is the morning cloud as early do it goeth away. It goes away. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. The Bible said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
It doesn't say the love of God is the beginning of wisdom. It says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Love flows out of fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Are you with me? Let's go to chapter 11. I'm going to close. I've already made some people mad. They already walked out of the church. <laughs> I hope they just went to the bathroom. In connection to that, he says this. Chapter 4 and verse 7. As they were increased, so they sinned. The bigger they got. We're big church now, you know. Because we're big church now, we can just overlook stuff. Lord have mercy if we ever get big and because we don't want to offend somebody we stop preaching against sin and we start overlooking and condoning. And we believe in restoration. We believe in restoration. When somebody repents and gets right with God we will reinstate them and, and restore them in certain areas of the church. Doesn't mean they might, you know, be in leadership but we'll put them back, you know, doing something. We're going to put them on the pew for the rest of their life. But just because you get big sometimes, man, that's a real temptation. So, man, I better just be real careful here tonight, you know. I better preach what they want to hear. I better scratch, tickle their ears tonight because, you know what, they're real good tithe-paying people. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Be honest with you. I had to make a call not long ago. And the person I was going to pick up and call, he's going to be a little bit of a corrective call. And this little voice came talking to me. Are you sure they can, are they going to receive this correction? If they don't receive this correction, they might leave the church. And by the way, preacher, they're, they're really a strong giver in your church. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. And I grabbed the phone. Give me the phone. And I called them up, talked it over with them. And they're stronger today than they were. But I'm not bowing my knee to that spirit. I don't care. I don't care how much money you got, honey. I'm still going to tell you the word of God. I'm still going to tell you the truth. If you don't like it, you can leave. But you will be lost if you walk away from the word of God. So that temptation comes and talks to me. But man, I'll tell you what, I, I very quickly take care of that spirit. I'm not intimidated by that kind of stuff. I'm not intimidated by that witchcraft. Well, I'm just not going to go to church because I'm mad at the preacher. Maybe he'll straighten up. Are you funny? I'm a nice guy. I don't know. Can y'all explain something to me when I get behind a pulpit? I turn into this <laughs> fire-breathing. <laughs> I don't I'm transformed into another man, you know. I don't know, man. Because I'm a real nice guy when you get to know me, but not, not behind the pulpit. What happened to Pastor that? Are you with me tonight? 
You see, I got more passion fulfilling God for, to fulfill God's call in my life than I have for anything in this world. And if you would stop worrying about what everybody thinks about you, you would do a lot more for the kingdom of God too. Y'all smile at me. Make me feel good. I went to the dentist the other day, got that tooth fixed, and this girl, she cleaned my teeth. She said, you sure have pretty teeth. <laughs> I told my wife when I got home, I said, she said I had pretty teeth. <laughs> my wife said, if she wants you, she can have you. <laughs> So I just smiled at her. I said, she said, I have pretty teeth. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm a kinda, I kind of weigh it out. When, when she said that, in the same sentence, she was trying to sell me a $2,600 work tooth, tooth job on the back tooth, you know. So, you know, that kind of makes me weigh it out. <laughs> kind of makes you wonder if, I'm a, if I have great hair and don't know it. <laughs> Oh, man, we're like sheep going to the slaughter. Talking to situations we have no idea we're walking in, you know. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you got pretty teeth. Can I see them every once in a while? <laughs> Not as an eating imp <laughs> instrument. <laughs> See, God got to a place with Israel. He didn't know what in the world to do with him. What else can I do for you? Malachi says that I've not already done. What else does he have to do to prove to you that he loves you? Hosea 11, and I close. Talking about, do you love him? Hosea 11. What an awesome God. After all I've done to him, and how many times I have been cold to him, and how many times I have not returned to him what he's given to me, but yet he still keeps loving me. He still has a kind of love that won't let me go. And I know I deserve to be let go. I know I need, I need to be run out of town. I know it. But that's what keeps me passionate for him. Because he just keeps pouring out a fall like a Niagara fall of love upon me. I feel his love when I'm unlovable. I'm wanted when I'm when I feel unwanted. 
Sometimes he looks at me and says, I don't know what to do. I don't know what else to do with you, son. <laughs> but I'm the only one in here. All y'all got, you got black hair, all of you. <laughs> yeah, man. Look at me like that. Come up here, I'll knock the fire out of you. <laughs> I knocked the far out of you right now. <laughs> far. You're tough back there in the pew. You're real tough behind that pew. You're real tough sitting behind, beside mama. You're real tough sitting beside mama. Ma, I'm not afraid of mama. <laughs> you might be afraid of mama, but I'm not afraid of mama. So stop acting like a big dog, you know. <laughs> See, I'm up here. I'm transparent, man. There's no walls protecting me. There's no rails protecting me. I don't have a bulletproof glass protecting me. And y'all sit back there acting tough. Oh, John, give me this look. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Come on, come on. Let me see what you got. Okay, okay. I'm sitting my, beside Mama. <laughs> God can turn that pew into firewood. And leave you sitting on nothing. Yeah, we know you bad. We know you bad. You bad, you bad. I got to finish. I'm preaching on love. <laughs> so this preacher to preach on love. Oh, my. You know it come out like this. <laughs> Oh my, how, verse 8, I'm going to close. How shall I give thee? He said, my heart is in a turmoil. My heart is turned upside down. My heart is full of passion. I don't know what to do with you, but I can't give you up because I love you too much. Man, watch what he says. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zeboam? These are small cities in so uh, that were close to Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, I, turned, I set them on fire for the same sin you're doing. He said, but the difference is you are my, you are my covenant people. You're my wife. You're my bride. You're the one I married that played the harlot. You've been cold to me. But how can I burn you up like Sodom and Gomorrah? How can I give you up? Aren't you thankful for the love of God? My heart is turned within me. God's love is not a passive love. It is not the kind of love that is not confrontational. It's not new age love. It's a love that's on fire. It's a love that's passionate. It's a love that's protective. He said this, my heart is turned within me. My repentance, repentings are kindled together. 
on one hand and feels his anger and wrath against sin. And on the other hand, his heart's turning. I love him. What do I do? I've got to judge their sin, but I love them at the same time. What I do with you. How shall I give thee up? Verse 9, I will not execute fierceness of mine anger. I won't do it. I won't give you what you deserve. I'll give you mercy. I'll give you what you don't deserve. Grace. You've burned your children to Molech. And you deserve to be burned. You played the harlot. Robbed and murdered the streets. Disaster everywhere. You deserve my judgment. He said, but how can I give you up? I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not man. Man says... They've gone too far, God. <laughs> we look at people and say, there's no chance for them. God says, how can I give up on them? Amen. We look at them and says, if we say they deserve the judgment of God, God's going to give up on them. And God said, no, I will not give them up. said, I don't know what to do with them. Their love is like the dew. It's here and then it's gone. He said, but I can't give them up. The man we're looking at, they say, yeah. said, I'm God and not man. The Holy One in the midst of thee, I will not enter to the city. Isn't that awesome? He hasn't given us what we deserve. And because of that, because of that kind of love, all I do is love him back. Because I know I deserve to be. I know I deserve it. But in the place of that, he sends love to me and blessing to me and goodness to me and mercy into me and loving kindness to me. Why? Because he's God and not man. His love is greater than man's love. His love is greater than this preacher's love for you. Awesome God. Why, let's back up and, and, and close this thing out. Why could God not give them up? Why would he not give them up? Let's go back to verse 1 of chapter 11. When Israel was a child, then I loved him. Then I hesed him. I aligned myself with him. I entered into a covenant with him. Now the term is changed from a bride to a son. He said, the reason why I can't is because I'm their daddy. And they're my sons. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. You look at the the depravity of America, you look at the abortion, you look at the, the sin that's in our country. 
and we stand back and I can guarantee you that God would be right if he burned the whole thing up. But the reason why he doesn't is because that is his strange work. It's strange when God has to execute his wrath. When Israel was a child, then I loved him, called my son out of Egypt. I'm their daddy. They're my firstborn. They're my favored among all peoples. They are the ones that will carry on their daddy's purpose in the earth. When the Jewish people, we talked about life in John, when the Jewish people talked about eternal life, we think about longevity of life. You with me? When God talks about eternal life, He's not just talking about length of time. He's talking about the God kind of life. And when Israel talked about and understood eternal life, they understood it in relation to their sons. That when the father died, that his purpose would be fulfilled in the son. And so God says, I love them. I brought my son out of Egypt. They're my firstborn son. They are the one through whom as a father I will fulfill my purpose. If I kill them, there will be no Jesus. If I kill them, there will be no salvation for the world. They are the ones that the Father will fulfill His purpose through. I can't give you up. He's connected Himself by covenant to operate through a people who are unworthy of that. I gave you something very powerful there. That's who you are. You are his bride. You are married to him. You should have a fighting, protected kind of love for them. But you are his sons. I don't care what gender you are. You are the one that he's looking to to fulfill his purpose through as the father. Because sonship manifests daddy. That's the purpose of sonship is to manifest daddy. If I'm not manifesting the father, I've missed my whole purpose. And that's what true eternal life is. It's the nature of God lived through us. Oh, God, have mercy. Oh, Lord. I feel like I'm walking on water right now. I know there ain't no water around here in West Texas, but I feel like I'm walking on water right now. That truth right there is walking on water, man. Do you understand how significant you are when you have a spirit chasing you to try to get you to do error, a spirit of whoredom chasing you down? The reason why they're doing that is because they recognize that you are sons and the wife of Yahweh. And they're trying to steal you away. That's why John goes on and says there are many, many antichrists in the world today. Many antichrists, antichrists are seeking out a following. Hello? Some of you right now are so cold. You're so cold. There's some young people right here. I feel in my spirit, you are so cold. 
you are so far away from God. You know why? Because you're going through your teen years and you're wanting to sow your oats. I'm, you're looking at a pastor going to pray for you. You're looking at a pastor that used to be a youth pastor who preached to young people and saw those young people get pregnant before marriage because they wouldn't get on fire for God. It didn't matter how much and how hard I preached and how much God moved, they still went a-whoring after other lovers. The key and the answer to a young person's not getting into that is their love for Jesus. If you don't love God, you'll go running after and playing the harlots, sleeping with everybody you can find. Don't waste your future. Don't waste your purpose. That's why when God, listen to me, when I came to God at 18 years old, and then shortly after that, God called me to preach, I kept myself right with God. You know, I can tell you, and I proudly tell you, that when I married my wife, you're looking at a man who was a virgin, and I thank God for it. The only woman I've ever known in my life is that little woman right there. But this generation is a generation of hormuggers and harlots. Because they don't value anything. They don't value a future in God, a call of God on their life. Having the purpose of God fulfilled in them. Staying pure and clean and holy and righteous. Some of you say, but pastor, I wasn't. Is there hope for me? Yes. The forgiveness of God Almighty tonight reaches out to you and says, shake yourself, wake up. Don't get into the spirit of whoredoms. Don't prostitute yourself. Don't sell yourself out. Don't get cold. Don't look at mom and daddy and see how they live at home. Hypocrites at home. And use that as an excuse as to why you can be a hypocrite too. God, I hear it. I feel the Holy Ghost. Say, Mama, Daddy might be the biggest hypocrite in the church, but I'm going to live for Jesus. I've got a call on my life, and I'm going to fulfill that call. I'm going to stay pure and right and holy. And if I've already messed up, I'm going to repent. And from this day forward, walk in covenant with God. You'll have opportunity. It's not that you won't have opportunity. You got to see something more powerful, more valuable. But you're my son. Fulfill my purpose in you. Verse 2 As they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed them to Balaam and burned incense to graven images. I taught Ephraim also to go, <clears throat> taking them by the arms that they knew not that I healed them. He said, I'm not only their daddy, I'm their nurse. He said, when they need to be healed, he said, their firstborn, they had to be taken care of. He said, I taught them how to walk. He said, they came out of the womb. And he said, they were just little babies. I taught them how to walk. They'd get up and they'd fall back down. And say, come on, grab them by the arms. I'd lift them back up. Say, come on, take a few more steps. 
You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Keep on trying. Keep on trying. Oh, you fail. Okay, come on. Get back up. Pick them back up. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. You can do it. Let them go. Oh, pick them out. Okay, come on. Come on. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. As a nurse, teaching them how to walk, that's what he did for us. That's what he did for me. When you fall back down, I guarantee you, God, because you're his son, not because you deserve it. You get rid of that good old boy stuff. You get rid of that good old boy attitude you got and say, it's not the good old boy that God comes here. It's because he loves me. I'm his son, and he's, he's, he's my daddy, but he's my nurse too, teaching me how to walk. And then when they got sick, I wiped their nose. When their ears were infected, blew in their ear and healed it. When their eyes couldn't see, I walked over there and I wiped the pus out of their eyes. I was their nurse. I changed their diapers when their diapers needed to be changed. How can I give them up? I drew them with, with cords of a man with bands of love. That's also connected to, to walking. You tie, they used to tie ropes around the wrist of the children, and they would steady them as they would walk with ropes. Yes. But it goes even further than that. He became the herdsman over the herd. A father, a nurse, and a herdsman. I drew them with cords of a man with bands of love, I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws and laid meat unto them. He said, I didn't beat them. They were my stock, like my stock. I was the herdsman. And I took them into the barns, grabbed them by the reins, and I took them into the barns. And he said, instead of smiting them and beating them, he said, I laid before them food to eat. He shall not return into the land of Egypt, but the Assyrians shall be his king because they refused to return. And the sword shall abide on his cities and consume his branches and devour them because of their own counsels. He said, it's really, when this judgment comes, it's not because I wanted to do it. He said, they chose it. They wanted it. Let's stand. I'm telling you tonight that the love of God is a, is a love that is aroused. His heart is turned within him. It's a passionate, active, protective kind of love that he has for us. And to walk in that kind of love is to be the same way he is towards us. Protective angry against anything that would destroy that love. Anything that would take that loyalty, commitment, and obedience would cause us to fight and resist. Not submitting to it. And ultimately, if God has to judge us, it's His strange work. His strange work. It's because the people of God chose it. Yeah, come on, come on. 
So I say this to you now, that the love of God is not a love that is not corrective. The love of God is a corrective love. He lets your own life correct you at times. And if you think tonight that you are too tough or that you can handle anything that God might throw at you, you haven't met this God who's so madly and, and really insanely in love with you that anything that would destroy you, he would literally, if you fell into hell tonight, if you fell into hell tonight, this awesome God of love would look over the, the side of the cliffs of hell and cry the whole time because you went. Father God, in your precious name right now, I pray tonight, Jesus, that the word that's been preached will penetrate our hearts. And that we would count our relationship with you worthy to fight for. I call you my husband. I align myself with you. I'm in covenant with you. I'm thankful tonight, Lord, that when I deserve your judgment, and I deserve your wrath when I re returned and repented you heard me forgave me all my sins I believe you'll do the same thing for my brother or my sister tonight who have fallen short of the mark come short of the glory of God and their glory has been turned into shame according to Hosea chapter 4 that light has been turned to shame, that glory. According to Deuteronomy chapter 28, I thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. I take you at your word. I trust you totally in the name of Jesus. He's awesome. Would you lift your hands right now and just love him back? That's all you can do. Has he done anything for you last few days? Oh, yeah. How many of you know you're loved by the Lord tonight? Those that are loved by the Lord are lovers. How many of you know you're favored by God tonight? If you're favored by God tonight, then you can show favor. How many of you tonight, look at me please, how many of you tonight believe in a God like that, that loves like that? Have you ever seen Him this way? That, a God that loves like that? That won't give, up, give you up even when you're worthy? What an awesome God He is. There's an old song, Van just used to sing, Awesome singer. I forget his name. Christine, you remember his name? He won't give up easy. He started pastoring in Crane. He was pastoring in Crane before we went there. 
but he used to stand up. He was known by that song, He Won't Give Up Easy. And when he would sing it, the love of God and the glory of God would fill that place. Church, he don't give up easy. He don't give up easy. That's why some of us are still in the kingdom. Because if he gave up easy, I wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be here. His love, his love sustained us. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Amen.